What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. And today we're talking about something that is exciting to me and maybe exciting to you, too. Absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, here. To, no, tell them. Let, oh. let us not keep people in suspense. Oh, no. Just outright pickup trucks. Yes. I, lo- I like pickup trucks. Always have. I've never owned a pickup truck, though. Are you serious? No, I haven't. But you know what? I'm in, in my quest for my daily driver. Mm-hmm. I will say that they're not ruled out. There's some pickup trucks in the running. There are. They're very old pickup trucks. You know, they're, they're you know if you've been following the Facebook posts, they're yeah. you know kind of in the vintage era, and uh, there's there's some definite candidates out there. Now I am on the same page with you here, man, because I love pickup trucks. Uh, funny story, a little bit embarrassing. Uh, the gosh, years back, my dad had a uh, a Chevy. And it looked exactly like a lot of other Chevys that were around at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, two seater cab, uh, dark red. You know, uh, nothing, nothing huge, mm-hmm. right? And these were fairly common cars in the '90s, and uh, or common trucks rather. And so one day, he and I are leaving from Home Depot or Lowe's or something, and we have our stuff and we put it in the back of the pickup truck and we hop in. And then my dad puts the key in, and it won't really work or turn. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking around, and I notice things like there's a pack of cigarettes there, and my parents don't smoke, and that mm. there's some other stuff that I know. And we realized this wasn't our truck. <laughs> just... It was the same color, and it was unlocked. So you've loaded up the wrong truck. Yeah, and we hopped out, and thank God there was just a, a couple of things, you know, like a few bags yeah. and some lumber. And so – we skedaddled, and we saw our truck not not more than five or six parking spaces up. That's pretty funny. So I'm, I'm glad you didn't have, like, a whole pallet load of something put into the back of the thing. Or, <laughs> right. You know, snap springs or whatever. That would have been a mess. But that's part of how common 
trucks are in the United States. And for some European listeners, this might sound strange because, as we know, like sometimes people will use enclosed vans more often. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's a you know it's funny. There's some small pickup trucks that that uh, mm-hmm. Europeans like to use. There's I think Fiat makes one, and mm-hmm. you know there's a, a Volkswagen makes one. There's really a good variety of small pickup trucks now, but that wasn't always the case. Mm-mm. You know, this is um, this is it, it. Just feels like a like an inherently American thing. The pickup truck. And I, I know that's maybe as an overgeneralization because I know that they're out there, they're elsewhere, and, you know, it's an idea that, you know, people had, again, one of, one of these things that kind of came about not simultaneously but close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first the first pickup trucks were more like covered wagons, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, they were not covered wagons. I'm sorry, motorized wagons. That's what I meant to say because, um, you know, we, we've – we're talking about the days when people would hitch up the team and have the wagon, you know, and take it down to the, the mercantile store and mm-hmm. and uh, load it up with, you know, bags of flour and lumber and whatever else they needed. Um, they needed that kind of uh, versatility in a vehicle that, you know, maybe a, a horse carriage didn't didn't carry. You know, they, they couldn't carry. They right. had two seats that were sitting up high. You know, they didn't have any kind of the carrying capability of a wagon. So they would power a wagon, you know, with a steam engine or whatever, you know, <laughs> and that happened. You know, yeah. they had steam-powered wagons they had you know then later combustion powered wagons but what we're talking about is official factory produced trucks you know that have um, a cab mm-hmm. and a pickup truck bed that's separate and you know the the conventional what we think of as a pickup truck now with you know an internal combustion engine and we've got kind of a, a brief history of of these things to come um, you know that goes all the way back to the turn of the century Yes. So I think that's an excellent distinction to make there between the wagons and the pickup trucks. I agree with you in terms of the utility. Now you said you misspoke, but I'm going to, I'm going to stand behind you on this one. The, uh, the comparison between pickup trucks and covered wagons mm-hmm. in terms of utility is spot on. A uh, funny story. We started looking into the, uh, pickup truck etymology. Like where does this word come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at, as you know, uh, a long time ago, to truck meant to exchange something, mm-hmm. to wheel and deal, you know, to talk turkey. And that goes uh, all the way back to um, a French word uh, that that I'm going to butcher. Uh, so sorry to our producer, Casey, who uh, speaks French. Uh, Trocair, T-R-O-Q-U-E-R. You Close know, enough. You know, I apologize. And then... <clears throat> Excuse me. You've also probably heard statements like someone says, oh, I hold no truck with that in in a very old period piece. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that is part of the same the same thing. It's it's a very interesting word. And we're not completely clear on how this came to describe the vehicles we're talking about today. The best guess we can make, which is not an unreasonable guess, is that. Um, because they were um, because they were used to carry heavy loads, or because pickup trucks today are used to carry heavy loads, that this could come from uh, the Greek trochos wheel uh, from trekin. I'm just butchering Greek and uh, that's fine. Uh, so this this is a way it could have come up, but we do know that it's a short pickup truck is a shortened form of motor truck. Okay. That we do know from from uh 
around the turn of the century. Okay, and we use the term like to truck something from here to there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that that makes sense. I mean, it's a utilitarian vehicle. You know, there's no frills involved in the early trucks. We're talking about the early, early trucks because mm-hmm. I want to make a distinction here that, you know, early on pickup trucks were, were so simple, so just basic point A to point B, but with the added benefit of being able to carry, you know, goods or materials. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't for carrying people. You know, they weren't unless you added a, uh, you know, a bus body to it or benches in the bed or whatever. I'm talking about carrying goods or materials from Mm -hmm. here to there, you know, an efficient way to do that. And, you know, there were lots of very actually now there are lots of variations of this. You know, Mm -hmm. originally they were just they were really simple, you know, wooden beds built on top. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But (laughs) but. you know, when you think about this now, there's like there's short beds, long beds, there's flat beds, extended cabs, yeah, there's doubles, stake yeah. bed trucks, there's step side trucks, drop side trucks. Um, you know, they're they're all different size classifications. There's compact, you know, small, um, you know, mid size even, and you know, regular large full size pickups. There's there's all kinds of variation, and not only that, trucks are becoming, dare I say it, been a little luxurious. You know, uh, fortune favors those who dare in this in this situation because I, I think you're right, man. Uh, have you seen some of the newer vehicles? I have. I mean, they've got nav systems. They mm-hmm. they they ride. You know, and this is a big selling point. They ride like a car. That's what they right. say often. And the reason, you know, one of the good reasons is they've got a long, long wheelbase, and that helps out things. It makes it a lot smoother ride. Right. Um, you know, the compact trucks a little bit rougher ride, but that's understood. And they're still a lot softer ride than what they were in the past, you know, because they were, again, they were just made for heavy hauling, and that was it. Now, you know, with these uh, these extended cabs and crew cabs, you know, you mm-hmm. can take the family on a vacation in these things if you wanted to. You really could. And you've got all the room in the back, you know, and for luggage or whatever, as long as you don't mind it being uncovered, unless you have a, a tonneau cover or something yeah, like yeah. that. But, um, I mean, they've got everything, Ben. A lot of them, you know, they, they, they're just softer. They've got comfortable seats. They've got, you know, full dash with gauges mm-hmm. and everything. And even that in the past was, you know, kind of a luxury. I mean, think back to the early trucks. There may have been a speedometer. Um, <laughs> you know, it was probably just a, uh, a tachometer and, you know, um, yeah. a fuel gauge, maybe yeah. an oil pressure gauge, something like that. Um, but now it's like a full, you know, full instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And these uh, these uh, earlier trucks, I see the direction we're going in when we say uh, look at the frills in the modern-day trucks. But mm-hmm. if we look at the earliest trucks, man, they didn't even come assembled. Basically, you had to find a coach builder. Yeah, that's right? amazing, isn't it? I mean, but it but it makes sense when you think about the early days of the automobile, too, that you know, sure. a lot of vehicles were offered where you take them to a coach builder and have them custom build something for you. Well, in the early days, a lot of trucks were custom built as mm-hmm. well this way. So you would buy a, um, a you know, a chassis that had the engine, and mm-hmm. that the engine was covered, and it had a cowl, which is like the the area that comes between the hood and the and the windshield, yeah, and or maybe a windshield included as well, and then a driver's seat and a steering wheel, and that's about it. Yeah, and, and the rest then, is up to you. Yeah, the rest is just open chassis, and then you decide what you want to do with that, how you're going to enclose that area or not enclose that mm-hmm. area, and uh, so a lot of the early pickup trucks were custom coach built vehicles. Um, I, I, we'll go through a chronology of who was first and who was second and third, yeah, you know, but. Um, Honestly, like you, you look back at how they've evolved over the years, and they've just become more and more luxurious as time goes on. Of course, because mm-hmm. people—that's what people want. You know, they, they have to travel greater distances. It's not simply working on the ranch, working on the farm, um, as as it once was. Oh yeah, I I agree with that. And uh, one side note, 
I, I think that if you live in a city area mm-hmm. at all, uh, you should never rule out a pickup truck because they have some enormous advantages. And plus, depending on the kind of the kind of truck you get, uh, they might work out better for you than an SUV. Um, the one of the coolest things about owning a pickup truck in the city is that you become the go-to guy whenever somebody needs to move. Yeah. Anything. So you get a lot of free lunches. <laughs> you get a lot yeah. of free pizza. You, you do a lot of moving on the weekends, but you eat a lot of free pizza, right? You know, and the other thing is that, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. It must be, I would honestly suggest that maybe it's three or four times a month I find myself wishing that I had a pickup truck for something around the house. No kidding, right? Uh, true. And we have a vehicle that, you know, it, it carries, we have a Honda Element also. Yeah, and the inside of that is it's it's enormous. I mean, when you fold the seats out of the way, it's it's big. Yeah, they're um, roomy, way bigger than you would think. But uh, you're limited by the roof, mm-hmm. and you know with a, with a pickup truck, you've got the open top and you know plenty of side room on the side. Um, it's just a pickup truck is a much better way to haul things than an SUV, I think. Yeah, I was specifically referring to the enclosure there, but you know before we we get to carry away with that, let's go all the way back. Okay, and let's let's look at. This debate, because I wanted to ask you about this, Scott. Uh, there, there are some people who disagree about the very first pickup truck. Oh yeah, and yeah. they disagree passionately. Mm-hmm. So there are people who are saying there are people who are sort of assuming that the very first modern pickup truck, uh, or excuse me, just the very first pickup truck, uh, is is a Ford creation. Other people are saying no, it's Durant and Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. Or there, you know, they're they're picking at each other. I can dispel some of this, uh, you know what, as we go through. I, okay. I, I want to wait until I get to that part of this before I, before I really Drop the expose bomb. What's, uh, what's out there. Because I, this is something that I, I just I, – I was looking up information on pickuptrucks.com. Okay? Yes. And they're a pretty yes. good source for this pretty type of thing, right? And um, they have kind of a, a chronology of, you know, each model. Like the, I'll just say the big three, Ford, um, well, it would be Ram, I guess, Dodge. Right. And uh, Gen- um, Chevrolet. 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 So um, I looked at the first example of each one of those, you know, because they have, an, you know, this era through this era, you know, uh, year through year. Mm-hmm. And I went to the first one for each one. They had different writers tackling the, this big project. Uh, it's kind of the history of pickup trucks. And um, found some interesting stuff. And, and I guess we can – you want to just start right here at the beginning? Yeah. I mean, that you know, of course, we, we mentioned that they, they kind of derived themselves from motorized wagons, right? Yes. Well, when you talk about the first factory-offered pickup trucks, that comes about in, get this, 1918. 1918. Mm-hmm. Now, is that, the, uh, is that the one from Chevrolet? It is. And, um, you know, this is, this is right after World War I. Oh, yeah. It's a uh... – this is the ton truck, right? The, well, I, you know, I'm not sure if it's the ton truck or not. I don't know what it's called, but it's the uh, the Chevrolet 490 light delivery. Ah, uh, yes, it. yes, yeah. I've and, got a picture of that. And one. I'm not sure if it's a three quarter, if it's a full ton truck, but um, it, it it had a wooden cab and pickup body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was an add on aftermarket item, so it's one of those situations where you buy what I just mentioned before, and you have the cabin and body built. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the cab and the the pickup bed built uh, from someone else, a chassis builder or a custom coach builder. Um, I, it's just it's a unique vehicle. It was based on the 490 automobile, which was you know popular at the time. So it looks just like the automobile, 
only add a small, and I mean a small, pickup bed on the back of this thing. Oh, yeah. You see that? Yeah, uh, and you can definitely tell in one of the pictures yeah. that we picked up here, you can definitely tell which part is custom coach built because it is the wooden part. It is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got a wooden cab and a wooden a wooden bed on this thing, and they're right. really, I mean, really tiny, and they just call that a box. You know, it's called a pickup box. And so they've got these kind of funny names for these things um, as as we go through. Oh, yeah, uh Quick facts about the 490 light delivery uh, had a payload capacity of around a thousand pounds. Okay, uh, and it sold for the low low price of five ninety five five hundred and ninety five. Okay, that becomes important in a little while. Okay? Yes. So remember five ninety five. Okay. Yeah. Now you know what's one cool thing also about this this 490 is that in 1921 you could buy a Roadster version of that of that vehicle, and so you could buy a Roadster version of the vehicle and then have a pickup bed added to it so you've got a roadster pickup which Isn't i that think is cool? cool yeah and i want to talk about that later too because i think roadster pickups are so cool they, i mean a, a drop top vehicle uh-huh. two seats pickup bed plus that old style you know you can imagine what the the 1920 chevy looks like it looks a lot like the model t similar mm-hmm. um so it's a cool vehicle Cool vehicle. And you know, one other thing is that 1918 just happened to be the first year that Chevrolet became part of General Motors. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso... I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. So remember, they were they were separate at that point. You know, they were yeah. being, there were vehicles that were being made by um, there's a couple of guys. I think it was William Durant and yeah. uh, Louis Chevrolet, and uh, they actually started selling cars in 1911. Yeah, but for the 1912 model year, and that was, as you said, before they were General Motors. Now, weird story, 
uh, William Durant had been the head of GM mm-hmm. for a while. He founded uh, uh, founded a company in 1908, but he got uh, exiled from the boardroom. So he split off. You know, you find that so many times Isn't in, that these, weird? in these stories, don't you? You yeah. find that, you know, these... Uh, boy, they, they, it's like they just trade back and forth CEOs and mm-hmm. and who owns part of what. And remember, that was a really tumultuous time in in our history when auto companies were were seemingly like springing up overnight and then they would be gone in three months. Yeah, it was very much sort of an early stage of the industry, mm-hmm. and it's it's strange when you think about that because you know nowadays we're beginning to see some new independent car makers come out come up again yeah but it's still nothing on the level of what it was and disappear yeah and and disappear you know they disappear (laughs) but here's the thing they may hang on for a year or two now yeah and i mean when you hear about the numbers it's hundreds of millions of dollars invested yeah and people you know that are that are ordering vehicles that never get them they're never delivered Mm -hmm. um you know the, the the money's refunded or whatever sometimes uh, but you know it's it's similar, but it happens much much less frequently. Yeah, and there are a number of reasons for that. With uh, there's a reason uh, now you hear this a lot. There's a reason that William Durant uh, founded uh, Chevrolet Motor Company. Why is that? Well, word on the street is that his long term strategy after being kicked out of the promised land of GM mm-hmm. was to make a new company and then use it to eventually get get control of General Motors again. Oh, really? He was going to buy General Motors? Yeah, so he was hoping that he could buy enough shares to get a controlling stock or something. Oh, so this was going to be an I told you so move. <laughs> I don't know. I see. You can only imagine the conversations. But as a result, we started to see some really good, uh, healthy competition with these truck builders. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Who In the same... Year and I'm gonna. This is this one gets a little weird, okay? This is uh and and not weird the way you're probably thinking, but this one gets weird in uh, <laughs> in that this happens near the time. There's okay. This is about the Dodge brothers, okay? Oh so, yeah. So yeah. we're moving on to Dodge. Right. So Chevy Chevy was officially the first one in 1918. There's this asterisk next to uh, the Dodge brothers, and I, I put that there because what they came out with in 1918 was not really a true pickup truck, but it was close. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, they had a vehicle that they used also during World War One, and I can't believe I'm even saying that they used a, this vehicle during World War One as an ambulance. So that, that's kind of neat that it, you know it's a it's a vehicle called the Screenside, and it was called a, actually a Screenside commercial car that they produced. Uh, um, yeah, and this was a military vehicle, of course, you know that was used during the war. Uh, when the war ended in 1918, they actually inter- actually just before that they introduced this in 1917 as a 1918 model, um, the screenside commercial vehicle, mm-hmm. and later they also had a uh, a panel wagon, um, which is a very cool looking car. I like yeah. the I love those old panel wagons, but um, screenside is just what it sounds like. It was a screen sided panel wagon, but it had a roof on it, um, and that's why I'm not calling it an official pickup truck okay because it has it does have a roof it's limited by that okay. uh, the screen sides could be a canvas it could be an open what you would think of as a screen like on a house sure a um, patio so you, screen yeah exactly so you could look right through it um but again that's again had this roof panel and that's kind of weird this this ambulance vehicle that was repurposed um it wasn't until um well actually you know what i should we should say that you know the dodge brothers they supplied parts for Ford and the Model T originally. Originally, yes, yep. they were kind of a, the, the parts guys, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and they built their reputation. They had really good reputations. Um, they built their first car in 1914 as a 1915 model, 
but you know, all the, they're really mechanically sound vehicles. They had, mm-hmm. um, again, good reputations already well established at this point. Um, so they're providing this military ambulance in during the war. Um, it wasn't until you know, so then they have this 1918 screenside commercial vehicle, mm-hmm. um, which again is kind of cool looking. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until 1924 that they actually built a three-quarter ton um, Dodge Brothers pickup, and it was actually built by the Graham Brothers, who they had paired up with um, the Graham Brothers company. The Dodge uh-huh. Brothers and the Graham Brothers had paired up years before this. But, um, again, they had a solid reputation for being you know, a, go- a good quality vehicle. And, uh, of course, the pickup truck sold well. So, you know, in four years, um, this is kind of strange. In 1924, uh, they built this vehicle, this, this pickup truck, which is really the first commercial pickup truck that they – or first – Civilian, I guess, pickup truck right, that, they, yeah. that they allowed. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, and in four years, they sold – actually, they, they built just less than 2,400 of these things. So that's not really a, a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this is the early, early days. Again, later they did more, but this is the first one. Um, so 2,400 were built. Very, very little is known about these vehicles. I mean – Yeah, isn't that weird? A few of them exist. The f- there's very few factory photos, right. if if any. I don't think you know this pickuptrucks.com site said we don't know of any factory photos. There's sales literature that exists from that day, mm-hmm. and of course there's some rare examples out there. But you know that's a pretty limited production vehicle for that very first year for the Dodge Brothers. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but again, you know, good good quality vehicle that was made, you know. By parts makers, really. So, and they didn't give up. Uh, a few years later, 1929, they've got the Merchants Express pickup. Oh, very good. Which is a half ton, mm-hmm. and uh, this thing is this thing is pretty neat. We start to see um, we start to see a design moving more toward what we would think of as a modern pickup truck. Like oh, okay. Right here, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's funny because the the model years differ, and I'm, I'm showing you two two pictures here, Scott. Sure. Here's one with the uh, open pickup truck with a body form or, that we sort of recognize, and here's this other one that's got the the side uh, the spare tires mounted just behind mm-hmm. the front tires. That's a panel wagon. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that's uh, that's the panel wagon design that I love mm-hmm. a lot. But it's not an open pickup truck. Right. Now, this one, the first one that you showed me with that what we think of as a pickup truck, has a very short bed. Uh, yeah. They haven't really gone to the long beds at this point. And that's strange because you know how big those wagons were? You know, the original right. wagons yeah. that we're talking about? They were Huge. They were monsters. But I think that, you know, they were limited by, and during the time, you know, they may have had a V8 engine. I think some of these had four-cylinder engines, really. Yes. But um, even if they did jump up to V8 engines, they, they weren't, and it could have been huge, they weren't producing a lot of power. Oh, you know, yeah, for our folks who like facts, the uh, 490 we neglected to mention was a four-cylinder overhead valve, uh, 171 cubic inches. Okay, and probably very little horsepower, I would guess. I mean, I'm not going to put you in the spot for what it was, but I'm guessing that it didn't have a whole lot of oomph. You know, it's not. It wasn't like a uh, a real like a, a, a stump puller type vehicle. You didn't have a lot of torque. Didn't have a lot yeah. of a lot of horsepower. This was, you know, just. Let's put an engine in this, and, and that'll work. Oh, brother, I've got that number, too. You want to hear it? Yeah, sure. Uh, it had uh, from, I, let's see, this is up to up to 1928. It had uh, a little bit under 22 horsepower. 22 horsepower. 21.2 okay. 
So, okay. So you see what I mean? That's a you know that would not pulling tree stumps. No, it's definitely <laughs> not. But you know that's probably enough to move a uh, a load of you know lumber from here to there. And we're saying this all to say that although they did have some four cylinders in there, of course the trend over modern pickup history has been toward uh, strength, uh, stronger engines, more mm-hmm. torque, more pulling power. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So um, now we're getting from, uh, okay, we've gone from Chevrolet at first, mm-hmm. then through Dodge. Dodge Brothers. Guess who's next? Who's next? Well, Ford. Ford is next. So <laughs> we've got Ford, and uh, this is this is the curious part of this whole thing for me. And I'm this is uh, later I'm going to dispel what we talked about. Okay, you know, where you yeah, think yeah, that, please do. Because I, I've often heard, I mean, you just hear that, you know, the Model T pickup was the first pickup truck in the United States. And, and people say that all the time. Exactly. And and I don't know why Ford gets credit for this because we're talking, you know, we've gone already from 1918. Right. All the way up, you know, again, 19, another 1918. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later, maybe 1924, I think is what it was. Yep. We're, so we're already in the mid-20s. We're already in the mid-20s. Already in the mid-20s. Well, that's when Ford finally jumped in with their first um, you know, I'm going to get this right. The first Ford Motor Company produced pickup truck. Yeah. Uh, first Ford factory produced pickup truck. That's why I'm saying it that way. Yeah, um, you know th- this is one of those things where I think it's I think it's all in the way it's qualified. It's the first Ford Motor Company produced pickup truck. And Scott, why do we have to qualify it that way? Uh, because prior to that, they probably made commercial vehicles, military vehicles mm-hmm. that, that had a similar use. Um, I- I'm guessing mm-hmm. that. But 1925 is when Ford finally came out with their first pickup truck. So that's almost 10 years later. This, yeah, and you know what? I, I just can't get over this. I don't I don't understand this, Ben, because what took so long for Henry Ford to get on the ball with this? Because in 1903, that's when the Ford Motor Company's founded, right? Right on. Okay, yep. he wasn't really producing, just to be fair, he wasn't really producing the Model T until 1908. Okay. Okay, okay yeah, so you that's, know what? that's five years, right? That's, you, you're being fair. So that's five years right yep. there. That's fine. Um by 1918, he had to have seen that Chevrolet was producing something. He had to have seen that the Dodge Brothers were producing something. Right, because he had a business relationship with the Dodge yeah. Brothers, too. 1924, you know, here's another Dodge vehicle that's coming out, you know, with yeah. the, the Grand Brothers pickup truck. Okay, 1925 is when he produced the first pickup. So that's, and if you want to look at it this way, it's 22 years after the founding of Ford Motor Company, or it's 17 years after the Model T was first introduced. Mm. So 17 years he waited to, to throw a truck body onto the Model T. Well, it's just kind of strange to me because, I mean, I think he would have, just personally, knowing what I do with a man, I think that he would have sometime in 1918, 1919, decided that this is something I want to do also to get in on that market. Oh, and we should mention, too, uh, shameless plug, uh, Scott, you appear on Stuff You Missed in History class. Yeah, that's right. Uh, with a two-part podcast about Henry Ford, and there's some really cool stuff in there. Yeah, even some different stuff than we talked about oh, yeah. with uh, you know from the the version that we have here because we have one here that talks about Henry. Oh, Ford Oh, I as checked well. it out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyhow, so, so I'm saying you're you you are a uh, pretty pretty familiar with Ford. I you know what I'll I'll just. Uh, I'm I'm kind of well read at this point. About so Ford. why why did it take I, so long? You know I don't know, but here's the thing: when he finally did it, it's 1925, and it's called the Ford Model T Runabout with Pickup Body. That's the name of it. That's a long name, but uh-huh. it's the Ford Model T Runabout with Pickup Body. Two hundred and eighty-one dollars, Ben. Ah, uh, yes. In comparison to our earlier number of five ninety-five in 1918. Exactly. So this is this is years later. We're talking uh, mm-hmm. seven years later, right? And 
the price is now well for Ford Model T runabout is two hundred and eighty one dollars. That's uh, is that that's almost exactly half, isn't it? Wow. That's almost exactly half. So maybe that's why it took him so long. Maybe he was working on his economy of scale or his production. You know, I don't know because here's the interesting thing about this, and I, I'm maybe maybe even more interesting than the fact that it was that long. Do you know that – boy, how do I want to get into this? Because I'm just going to say that, that okay, he you know, he, of course he was, you know, controlling, very controlling. Sure, right? yeah. And he loved his Model T, and he mm-hmm. wouldn't – he really didn't want to vary from that at all, right? I mean, you could have it in any color you want as long as it's black. Exactly. That's uh, – and, and, you know, he, he just – he raged against the uh, the um, the concept vehicle that his engineers came up with. You know, or mm-hmm. he destroyed it because um, he didn't want to replace the Model T. So maybe he was resisting changing anything about the Model T at that point. Ah, yeah, that maybe. could be it. I'm, and that's the only other reason I can think of that maybe. But did you know that you could get a a pickup box to retrofit your Model T? So that's maybe where some of this mm. early credit comes from. So people were retrofitting early Model Ts, maybe even as far back as 1908 models. Right. That's yes. my guess. That Maybe that's why people think that, you know, this is a Ford 1908 Model T pickup. Uh, maybe that's the reason that he's getting some of the credit for, you know, the first pickup trucks. Right, but he Could be. didn't, he, the Ford Motor Company did not specifically build those in the factory to sell his trucks. Exactly, so. but the numbers I'm going to tell you maybe will sway you in this in this All way right, because blow, blow because sales sales for this pickup truck for Ford now remember wait until 1925 and I'll give yeah. you the 1925 numbers first okay 1925 the sales for this this Ford Model T runabout with pickup body 33,800 units in 1925 alone 33,800 wow. units Ben he made that many pickup trucks in 1925 now that's a lot pickup trucks think about the population at that time i know that's what i, th- I mean i don't i don't i don't have a startling. population number but amazing number right that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good number for even now that's really huge that's so that's a full year production 1926 sales went up slightly okay 34,000 so that's just a little bit but mm-hmm. again it's an additional 34,000 and here's the and the, the big part here that that is going to blow you away 75,000 pickup truck boxes were built in 1926 alone. That means that wow. you could go to the Ford parts department, your uh-huh. local Ford, you know, you could go down to the Ford dealership, go to the parts counter and order a Ford pickup box for your Model T. They made 75,000 of those and they were $25 each. So if you had a Model T from 1908 until 1925, you could retrofit this pickup box on it. It was painted black, of course, as he, oh, right, as he loved. Right. You know, and um, and so you, it was merely just a parts that you a part that you pick up, take home, and assemble yourself. You know, put it back, put it on the back of the the, uh, the old Model T in the garage. Yeah. And now you have a new pickup truck. Um, so seventy five thousand in nineteen twenty six alone, and you know that that continued on. I don't have numbers for the pickup box beyond this, but that's an amazing thing to me. That's huge. That jump alone is. Um if anything, a testament to the the value of his plan. Yeah, and that's maybe a, he was right to wait. I mean, that's in addition to the thirty four thousand units he sold in yes. twenty six, and then you know in twenty seven sales down a little bit, but again twenty eight thousand one hundred and forty two units were sold, and that was the last year of Model T production. So, you know, right there, I mean, I'm just doing some quick math in my head, but that's um, God, almost two hundred thousand pickup pickup vehicles and beds combined. Um, you know, like 125,000 vehicles in three years of production. Mm-hmm. And 
and then also 75,000 beds that could retrofit other vehicles from 1908 on. That's why maybe, maybe, why Ford gets some of the credit for the first pickup trucks. And so it makes sense that Ford receives all this credit, although he, again, was not the first, uh, Ford company was not the first company to produce their own trucks. There are so many people that had Model T retrofits with a pickup box. Exactly. So when you look back at the first civilian available pickup truck, it was Chevrolet, then Dodge with the Grand Brothers vehicle, mm-hmm. then Ford. But, you know, the retrofit thing kind of screws things up. Yeah. Now, we're going to, uh, you're going to hear some crazy sounds as we fast forward into the modern age. All right, so now we're up to, you know, 2012, and you would think that, you know, we've got enough pickup trucks, right? No way. No way. No way. <laughs> Americans love their pickup trucks. And you know what? It's it's not just Americans. These sell everywhere, but I've got American numbers here. Okay. And, I mean, this is... This is kind of an example of the way pickup truck sales have been ever since the begin, ever since 1918. Mm-hmm. But they've just the numbers just grow and grow and grow, and they're reaching astounding numbers. Ben, I mean, what uh, Ford pickup trucks, the F series pickup trucks, they've been the number one selling vehicle for like 175 years. Yeah, and uh, the number one selling vehicle for you know the, the last 143 years, something and like that. Notice, notice, guys, I'm sure that's very close. Yeah, notice, guys. Scott doesn't say number one selling pickup trucks. Number one selling vehicle. Yeah, that's right. Well, they, they were the number one pickup truck also, yeah. but number one selling vehicle, which makes this all the more impressive because I have that here. Yeah. Um, and these numbers are from, from September of 2012. So these are very recent. You know, it's the month prior. Mm-hmm. So this was written uh, by Motor Trend, you know, from Motor Trend, October 3rd. You can look these up anywhere you want. This comes from the manufacturer. Uh, let's start with number three. Let's start with number three. The, I'm just going by pickup trucks. Okay. There's, there are cars mixed in here, but I'll say the pickup trucks take the number one, two, and number five spot. Wow. Okay. okay. So the number five spot, which is actually the third pickup truck, yeah. uh, the Ram truck, uh, yes. which September 2012 alone, they've already sold 25,973 units. Year to date, 213,593. Wow. So in the, this year alone, they've sold 213,593 trucks. Dodge Dodge has with the Ram pickup. What's number two? Number two is the Chevy Silverado. Oh, the Silverado's um, number two? Yep, number two with uh, September 2012 numbers of 36,425. I'm going to round these off, okay? You know, it, it's weird because something must have happened in April of 2012. Uh, the Silverado was number one. Oh, no kidding. I think so. So yeah. it, it overtook Ford for just that one little bit. But uh, year to date, uh-huh. They've already sold uh, a little more than 298,000 pickup trucks. Uh, I'm sorry, just the Silverado. Uh, All right, so now we're getting to the uh, the big one here. And this, this number, Ben, this is incredible. This goes way above the other two, okay? Ford F-Series pickup trucks, okay? Yeah, Always yeah. a top seller. Again, top selling vehicle, you know, in, general. in, in America. Yeah. September alone, they've sold more than 55,000 pickup trucks. 55,000. Wow. And for year to date, uh, just under 464,000 pickup trucks this this year. And we're only into September. 464,000. Yeah, so we're and you know I be, I would bet that by the time this airs we're above half a million and be, yeah. and here in just in this year. And you know what that makes me doubt that Silverado 
info I had read because maybe through some sort of statistical glitch they sold more during a week or I, something. You know, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's incredible. That's just so far four hundred and sixty four thousand. Yeah. And and when you think about this, Ben, now. We talked about the price of the pickup trucks back in 1925, yes. right? $210 yeah. or whatever oh, it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. These are ranging, if you go to the from the low end to the high end of pickup trucks for Ford, just the you know Ford pickups, they range between $23,500 for the low end all the way up to about $43,000 for the top end. Like if you want to get the uh, extended you know, cab, the Raptor version or whatever, the Bells SVT. Yeah, everything. <laughs> so um, they're not cheap. You know, uh-huh. they've got a lot of, you know, Frills and features and things sure. that they didn't have in the past, but um, got half a million sold in 2012 alone, and we're not even, you know, we still got two months left in the year, three months left in the year. Well, also, let's keep in mind that not all those customers are people buying their daily drivers. There are loads, there are hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of small businesses yeah. that, that depend on these kind of trucks. That's most of my ex- truck experiences, like through landscaping companies and a friend who oh, yeah. owned one, and, you know, I... I think the first vehicle I ever drove officially was a pickup truck on a on a farm in Indiana, you know, like when I was a kid, um, an old Ford pickup that my uncle had. Um, but, yeah, we're so we're approaching, Ben, which is this is kind of neat to think of. We're approaching the 100-year anniversary of yep. the pickup truck. I'm stoked. I, I am, too. I think I, I would bet that Chevrolet has got something going on for, uh, you know, 2018. Yeah, I would hope so. I hope that we get to do a podcast on it. Also, you know what, man? I... I've got some stuff in here that I wanted to talk about, but I don't know if we have time today. We might have to do a separate podcast about the Camaro. Oh. Because I just I, – I, I like – or excuse me, the El Camino. The El Camino. Did I say, I say Camaro? I was a little shocked. What, would you, <laughs> what do you haul in your Camaro? Oh, so gosh, El Camino. Sorry. Oh, yeah. you know what? And you've got personal experience with the El oh, Camino. Oh, man, the El Camino. And you know what? So there's cool. a host of other vehicles we can talk about in that one because mm-hmm. there's a lot of vehicles like that. You know, like the Super Brat and the uh, the Ford Ranchero and yeah. the Camino, El Camino, rather. Um, that could be a cool one. That could be. Uh, actually, we might <laughs> we might make that some sort of pickup trucks to the sequel, or just things that are like pickup trucks. Pickup truck like vehicles, maybe. Pickup truck like vehicles. We're okay. That's better than the title I had. So we're going to keep working on the title, uh, listeners. You guys, please feel free to write in with a title suggestion. Or nickname suggestions. Uh, we got some pretty good ones occasionally on uh, Facebook. Oh, hang on, Ben. You just mentioned Facebook. Yeah. Let's do kind of a listener mail thing that involves Facebook. How about that? As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. 
Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, listen, I want to get to Facebook. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I no, that's to... all right. No problem. That's fine. Um, I want to talk about uh, a post that we received from uh, a, a guy. His name is Josh Baker, mm-hmm. and he writes to us often. You know, there's a lot of back and forth between yeah. the three of us, I guess, right? Hey, Josh. And uh, Yeah, hey, Josh. And he sent us a link the other day that I found really interesting, and it relates to this. So I thought we'd you know use this as kind of our listener mail. But there's a post. You can go look at this. If you want to go to our Facebook page, uh, mm-hmm. check, check this link out. Um, it was, he, I think he mentioned that it was something like an AMC Gremlin that was a Jeep badged vehicle. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yes. this is, this is, comes from, um, you know, a magazine, I guess it was called the, the Standard Catalog of Jeep, 1940 to 2003. And it shows, um, in concept car form, but, you know, complete, painted and everything, um, a, a vehicle called a 1971 Jeep Cowboy. And it has a look almost like a, um, it looks like a gremlin that's been, uh, I don't know, El Caminoized, yeah, or El Rancheroed, <laughs> or you know, the Ford Ranchero,ed or whatever you want to yeah. call it. But it's a, uh, it's kind of a neat vehicle. I don't know if I would, I'm not sure if I'd like it or not. It's, it's interesting idea, you know, small car with a truck body. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I know that Subaru has done this and Fiat and VW mm. and all those, but um, this goes back to 1971, so that's right when AMC bought the Kaiser Jeep Corporation. And so it's kind of this weird time. They never came out with this. I kind of like the name, the the, uh, the Jeep Cowboy. That's kind of a cool name. Yeah, it's uh, it's again, as you know, it's tough to name cars. I don't think the Cowboy's a bad name at all. No, not at all. And, and I'd never heard of this until Josh posted it. I have never heard of this concept vehicle, and uh, it's worth taking a look at. There's two, no, no, three good photos of it on the, you know, if you follow the link. So go to our go to our Facebook page and check it out. Yes, and uh, while you're there, check out the uh, ongoing pictures that uh, Scott and I post as he looks for a new daily driver and as I look for some of Atlanta's strangest cars. One day, I vow to you, I will catch that Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unique. I'm serious about it, too. I'm, I'm truly looking for something unique to drive every day. Yes, yes. And so let us know what you think about that. Give us a shout-out on Twitter, too. You know, we're hip. We're on the Internet and whatnot. 
And uh, if you want to skip that and talk to us directly, feel free to send us an email at carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.